0: Despite spending hours together every day of freshman year between swim practice, swim meets, and team activities, Alex and I were not fast friends. For one reason or another, it took us months to become close. But since she was one of the very first people I met at Oberlin, I wanted to know what she thought of me that fateful, sticky Ohio night back in August of 2016.
1: I'm really curious what your um, first impression was of me. I don't know if
2: I've ever asked you this. <laughs> oh my gosh. I think you were someone I really wanted to befriend, but like, didn't really know how to, I think. I don't know, I also, I mean, I, I never had, a. It's. I don't think I ever had a bad opinion of you or was like, who is this woman? Like, what is she doing? No, I think I was always like, she seems great. She seems like a nice teammate. And yeah, I don't know. What, did you have any impressions of me? I thought you were like way
1: too cool for
2: me. (laughs) (laughs) I was kind (laughs) of intimidated. You were like such a cool LA. Oh my god. Like, I don't know.
1: And (laughs) you you were never not nice to me. Like, you were always so friendly and so nice to me. But I was just like, Alex is way too cool
0: <laughs> Oh my me. god! If I'm being honest, Alex is still way too cool for me, but in a way that I absolutely love. On our call, she showed me her newest tattoo and filled me in on her latest pottery project. She can pull off any color of dyed hair, makes earrings out of tiny seashells she finds, can whip up a mean French onion soup, and loves rocks more than anyone I've ever met. Alex is also a person I can tell anything, like anything to. And not only will she never bat an eye, she will always come back with exactly the response I need to hear. Yeah, we spent a lot of the spring together going on social distance walks to the reservoir and wandering through neighborhoods to critique random houses, one of my favorite quarantine hobbies. Like me, Alex has bounced back and forth between Oberlin and home a couple times as she's figured everything out. So I wanted to talk to her about her year. <laughs> <laughs> I'd love it, like, to
1: start out, you could sort of walk me through your year in whatever kind of chunks you categorize it into like you don't necessarily have to go month by month but tell me about all of your different eras of this year
2: my eras oh my gosh started off last year we were we were all at Oberlin um you know having a good time we were kicked off campus and it was really sad and everyone was really upset and also it was very chaotic time with all these boxes and everyone packing up and lots of parties. And like the campus was like alive every night, you know, with people just trying to celebrate and <laughs> say goodbye. Um, so after that happened, I went home. We were kicked off right before spring break, um, a week before spring break. So I went home for those two weeks. And then I found accommodations at Oberlin because I was like, I cannot, be at home for my last little bit of college I just I knew I needed to be at Oberlin I knew I wouldn't really be very good at getting my classwork done if I were at home was at home and so I actually had a friend who let me sublet from her lease I sublet her room for the last few months um, and so I was I guess my first chunk is I was at Oberlin finishing school And that was, like, a really lovely time. I really enjoyed it. I feel like it was a really nice spring. Then after that, you know, we had graduation. We had all of our celebrations. That was really fun um, in a socially distant way and just doing chaotic things. Um, And then I went home again to Ann Arbor and I stayed, I mean, I've been there ever since, here ever since. For the summer, I worked in the Oberlin College geology department. I was working remotely. And then, you know, after that ended, I was unemployed, which was great. And I had a really nice time enjoying the last little bit of summer. And I was looking for another job. And I eventually settled on a job as a contractor for the satellite company. And so I work on satellite imagery every day. And I started in August. Um, I ended up moving out for a couple months, probably like four months. Um, Then a lot of chaotic stuff happened and I had to move back home, which (laughs) I'd be happy to get into. Um, And so now I still am working, editing these satellite images. Now I'm at home with living with my Dad and my brother and sister, and I'm trying currently trying to think about you know next steps and getting a little stir crazy. So (laughs) that's kind of the rundown. You
1: have moved around a bunch during the pandemic for various reasons, some more planned than others. Um, Mm -hmm. So I'm curious what it's been like moving into different households and like trying Mm -hmm. to navigate COVID when you're living with you know people you're super close with, like your family, which can be all kinds of dynamics. And then also Mm -hmm. you've had a couple situations where you like moved into a house with people you didn't know or people you kind of knew. So could you yeah. talk about what that's been like? Yeah,
2: definitely. I think something that I really enjoyed from moving around a lot was I got to know new people um, and it was nice to be able to be social and have just like new experiences in a new little home community. But um, definitely with COVID, I would say it was a little stressful. The people that I ended up moving in with both times at Oberlin and in Ann Arbor, they were all pretty COVID safe. So I didn't have to worry. And even if even if they felt a little bit more lax about COVID, we always talked about it and they would always check in with me if something made me uncomfortable. So I never really had any issues there. I would say though, like I think something that was like more difficult about moving is just um You know, you kind of get this sense of home and like, especially I think in COVID, having a sense of like normalcy and consistency has been like really important and like finding your little community and your niche and your little space. Um, So definitely I think the times that I've had to move out, I've been like, oh man, okay, I'm like starting all over again and everything's changing again. Like I'm not really enjoying the changes so much, but that usually just lasts for a short time, and then, you know, you get used to it again. I will say, however, I think living at home with my family, sometimes we have some COVID issues. My sister works a retail job where she has to be in person, so sometimes, like recently, people will come in and they won't wear a mask, and then she'll have to quarantine, and that's kind of a bummer, and then we're all kind of nervous and stressed out about that, so yeah.
1: Yeah, I think that was something that we kind of gained by staying in Oberlin for the spring was that all of a sudden it was like the college was essentially gone. And so we were making all of our own rules, which was Mm -hmm. stressful, but it was also nice to have control over what you did. And then for me, I spent the summer at home also, and you're not a kid anymore. And like, Mm we have been living on our own for a while. Mm -hmm. um but at the same time you are living under their roof and like exactly trying to navigate those conversations and also I think in your situation in particular you had three people you and your siblings three class of 2020 graduates Mm -hmm. right and so you were all kind of in this transition together Mm -hmm. um so I'm curious if you would talk a little bit about that and like what it was like to have all of you go through that transition together and also that dynamic in your family.
2: Yeah, I definitely agree with you that like being an adult child living in your parents home is an adjustment. (laughs) Um, Because sometimes I have this desire to revert back to just absolute child status. And I'm like, please just take care of me make me food. Like, (laughs) you know, please, like, I don't want to have to like, do things around the house. I just want to be a kid and like do nothing and be lazy. Um, But then I also realize I'm an adult and I'm very fortunate that I don't have to pay my parents rent. You know, it's kind of, I think right now shifted into like a roommate situation where we all just try to treat each other like roommates and not so much like kids and a parent. And I think that's mostly worked. I think we all just help out around the house. Luckily, I live in the basement. So if I wanted to stay away, I can do that. But um, yeah, with all of us graduating, it was interesting to see how it affected all of us differently. My brother is actually going to get a second graduation. Um, I mean, I don't know. I'd have to talk to him about it, but it didn't seem like it was as disappointing because he's going to get another year with all of the same people that he's been with for the past four years. And Sebastian also got to stay at Houston in Rice because he was living off campus. For my sister, on the other hand, I know it was really difficult because they kicked students off in the middle of spring break so they didn't really get to say goodbye because they thought that they were just going to go on spring break and come back they had no idea so I know that was like hard for her but at the end of it like when we were all home together we ended up doing some little graduation ceremonies I think we all we got a lot of sushi and just like facetimed family and um did our own little celebration and that was that was perfectly acceptable I enjoyed it (laughs) but yeah it's been interesting to see all of us try to find our path afterwards everyone is just finding their way in their own way and everyone is doing things so differently and I feel like I've been able to learn a lot from my friends and siblings because of it because we're all so like different just trying to figure it out and I'm glad that we're all in it together also (laughs) (laughs) Not that I'm happy that everyone has to experience this too, but I guess misery loves company.
1: (laughs) No, totally. I think that's so true. And I think there is a ton of comfort in the fact that it feels in some ways less like a personal failure, you know, Mm -hmm. that so many people aren't where they expected to be or, you know, took jobs that they, that never would have been their first choice or are living at home. And, you know, I think that would have happened to a good chunk of people anyway, but there is yeah. something really comforting about not only is everyone our age going through this transition mm-hmm. together, but like everyone in the world is kind yeah. of also trapped and at a standstill. Mm-hmm. And so as much as it sucks that it happened this year for us, I think there's also a lot of um, comfort and sense of community in the yeah. fact that
2: everyone just got mm-hmm. stuck in And it's like I've been hearing about even people who are, you know, even more grown adults than we are who are like maybe in their like 30s or late 20s. Even those people have like had to move home and live with their parents. And um, I hope that this happening can change the kind of like, I don't know, I feel like maybe we as a society have a perspective that if you're living at home, like you said, it's kind of like a personal failure. And I hope moving forward, it becomes less that and more just like people are doing what they can with the circumstances that they have and that's totally acceptable people should just do what is good for them and works for them um but yeah actually I think I've definitely mentioned this to you when we were experiencing our graduation but I think that's something that I've really appreciated when we didn't have a graduation and I was able to just enjoy that like whole week and that day and turn it into something that I actually really enjoyed instead of I don't know I feel like I always really focus on like trying to make it this perfect day and like have it have all this meaning whenever there's like a meaningful thing coming up, you know? So it was nice for me to be able to just live in the moment, do things that I enjoy and not have to have that pressure of it being this amazing graduation ceremony. Did you feel that way too about our graduation day? Yeah, completely. It was so much fun. And I think we were
1: very intentional in trying to make something out of nothing in a way. But I also totally agree that like, because there were zero expectations for the day and there was yeah all of the traditions that you could ever have for graduation typically involve like lots of traveling lots of crowds um and like big ceremony and those were just things Mm -hmm. we could not have and so yeah what we ended up doing was we had kind of like a rotating cast of people come to my (laughs) front yard um and everyone was socially Mm -hmm. distanced but yeah we just sat out on the front yard and drank champagne and had signs. Yeah. Um.
2: yeah. <laughs> yeah the, the, the sign said, um, we just gra- had our college graduation. You honk, we drink. <laughs> it, was, it was so funny just like seeing the reactions of the drivers. They'd be like delayed or confused. Um, <laughs> yeah, it was just such a fun day. Um, and when I reflect back on it now, I think that's exactly how I would have actually wanted my graduation to go. And I wouldn't have traded it for a real graduation, to be honest, like just being able to have that relaxed fun. That's something else I wanted to ask you about, because I feel like you're so good at like
1: creative things and having a creative outlet. And every time I talk to you, pandemic or no pandemic, you're always like, oh, I'm working (laughs) on this project and I'm doing
2: really cool things. Yeah.
1: And yes, I'm curious how like having a creative outlet or having some kind of artistic project has helped you in the pandemic and what role you see that playing
2: yeah um I think it's something that I've really cultivated as this pandemic has continued on I think when I was in college I didn't really have the time or really frankly the energy at all to be like doing these fun things I know we'd do it every now and then (laughs) you know whether we were making forts together or like (laughs) just trying to make empanadas <laughs> um, but I I think what I've really appreciated about the pandemic and I know I am very fortunate to be able to have this experience um, is I have had time like a lot of time to like not be really stressed about anything and I think past me would probably feel very bored and unhappy but as I began to realize that I would have this extra time, I realized I wanted to really cultivate like hobbies and things that I enjoy doing. And I really asked myself like, okay, you have to get through this. Like, what are things that make you happy? Like, let's just do those things. Like you don't have homework. You don't have any research to do. Like you you work your job and then you have all this outside time. So like, I don't know. I really have been focusing on what makes me happy. and it turns out arts and crafts makes me really happy. So, you know, I wouldn't say I'm very good at the things that I do. I've been trying to like sew and then I've been doing some pottery and I made this like handmade cookbook that's like pretty silly looking, um, but I've really enjoyed it. I know also for, um, you know, the holidays, I made all of my friends these little like bracelets, these beaded bracelets. I think I always feel just very, like, tranquil and at peace when I do these things. I don't know. I've just, I've really enjoyed it, and I've found it's really helped me a lot, so. And it's just nice to be able to make things for people and share, and you can feel proud of the things that you've done. Have you been doing stuff like that, too?
1: Creative stuff? Yeah, I think at the beginning of the pandemic, I had this expectation that I was going to do all of these projects and, like, do <laughs> yeah. all of these things and I definitely had high ambitions um I did some of those things especially at the beginning like lots of little arts and crafts and embroidering and things like Mm -hmm. that um but I think I had a really hard time after graduating with making that jump to realizing that like you don't have all these demands on your time anymore you don't have all Mm -hmm. these expectations of college where you have deadlines all the time for like a Mm -hmm. million different things and Mm -hmm. um yeah, I, I had a hard time like self motivating, honestly. And that
2: makes sense.
1: Like, yeah, doing things mm-hmm. that weren't for another purpose other than just making me happy. Um, yeah. So <laughs> I think I, I definitely went through a phase of that that I, I feel like I finally gotten out of. And when I was home for the holidays, I spent a lot of time in my dad's dark room. Um, mm-hmm. He built a dark room Ooh. in our basement. And so I got to do like lots of photography and lots of Whoa. collaging. Um, and stuff that I, I know that I am maybe not super good at or, like, don't have yeah. a lot of talent. But, yeah, doing that thing and then just, like, having a physical <laughs> yeah. object or a project and being like, I made this. And yeah. even if it doesn't go anywhere, exactly. that, I realized how fun that was again. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, now I've been trying to do more of that. And and then this is definitely my main mm-hmm creative outlet right now
2: (laughs) oh yeah I forgot we were doing this (laughs) Um, Um, yeah no but I agree I think like I think there's a big pressure when it comes to like hobbies and things that you do to like be perfect and like super skilled and like really good at what you do and I think what I've loved learning is that It's not about being good and you don't have to finish everything you start and like learning to be kind with yourself and just who cares if you like start something and don't finish. It doesn't matter. What matters is that you enjoyed those moments and I've really appreciated learning to be kinder um, with myself about that. I think that's great advice. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Being competitive athlete all through college, you are for most of your time in college too. But yeah, Yeah. having someone else who sets your schedule and who who tells you like, this is how much you're going to work out today. And sometimes Mm -hmm. it's four hours and then you have to like do whatever it takes to get through that. And yeah, that involved like not sleeping a lot and just like everything revolved around that schedule and everything. Mm -hmm was told to us, I feel like in a way. And mm-hmm. I loved that. It was so awesome. Yeah. It was so nice to not yeah. have to think about it. But asking myself, what do I want to do more often than, you know, like one spare Saturday every few weeks? Exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> has been like <laughs> really it was really hard at first and now it's so mm. exciting. Yeah. Yeah. I, I I guess I didn't realize how little I knew about myself in that way of like I have so yeah. much more time than I've ever had. And I yeah, Like have to make myself healthier, you know, like I have to sleep more mm-hmm. and I have to, yeah. or I can, I guess is maybe a better way yeah. to like I can sleep more and yeah, having so much more agency in what you do,
0: mm-hmm. but then
1: also under the constraints of COVID, I feel like yeah,
2: has definitely. been really good
1: in finding creative things to do and mm-hmm. um, figuring out, yeah, like what, what to actually do with myself um, on a very basic level has been
2: mm-hmm.
1: really hard, but then also really rewarding.
2: Definitely.
1: Well, something else that I wanted to ask you about was the fact that community is so important to you. And I think Mm -hmm. that's something that a lot of people have realized this year is not taking that for granted. Um, But I'm curious because you grew up in California, but now your dad and your family lives in Michigan. And Mm -hmm. so you like had this shift of where home was kind of, I guess, already before the pandemic. And then on top of that, moving from Oberlin back home, I, yeah, I'm just wondering how your idea and your sense of home and community has changed yeah, because of COVID, but then also just because of graduating and
2: yeah. not being in
1: Oberlin anymore.
2: Um, It's definitely been interesting. I feel like, um, especially throughout the pandemic, I've been really missing my friends and envious of the people who went back home to places where they grew up and they could see their like high school friends still um that was really hard I like had to go there's like a setting on Bumble where you can make friends with people <laughs> and I tried to do that but it's hard to get invested in people that you don't really know um and you can't really see them either and yeah and then it, yeah exactly and then it got cold and it's like okay I don't know what to do with you now <laughs> um so I think my sense of home has always been a little warped and shifted because of how much I've moved around but for me the most important thing is just like staying in contact with my friends and I think that's helped a lot in forming my community even though it's not in person <laughs> and just like I don't know reaching out to people that I may not have even reached out to in years like some of my high school friends I feel like I've talked with them on the phone and it's been so so lovely that's cool and it's and it's like great because I know that they're probably like some of them have moved out of their parents homes and are living in new places where they don't know anyone and they want to be able to talk to people too so that's been really nice and just like having a nice constant rotation of calling people every now and then and even like sending people letters and like having pen pals has been really nice and a good way to like create community um Yeah. What about you? You've kind of moved a little bit throughout this past year.
1: Yeah. I was really grateful that I got to go home for the summer because like you were saying earlier, I think this idea that you graduate and then you move away from home and you Mm -hmm. get a job somewhere Mm -hmm. doing something and that that is success. Like I definitely bought into that a lot. And then going home to my family after graduating and getting to spend time with them and I have a really close group of friends from high school still. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah, I I do have that at home. And so like, getting to see all of those people definitely made me reconsider my priorities and what I wanted. Mm -hmm. And yeah, yeah, because it was so wonderful to have people who know you so well around. And Mm -hmm. it's a, a much bigger sacrifice than I think I expected or that I had actually thought of to to leave all of that in search for like a career or you know to like yeah start over I think yeah I think that's a yeah. big thing is that before the pandemic I was so into this idea of moving somewhere where I didn't know anyone and completely yeah. starting over from scratch and then
2: mm-hmm. this
1: year really made me think about how hard that actually is and how
2: mm-hmm.
1: yeah how like that's not necessarily the right answer and that there's a lot of happiness yeah. to be found like being around people who you know and love and you can still meet new people yeah exactly Um, yeah but I think that was big and then also I'm still in Oberlin and I'm working for Oberlin Mm -hmm. so I think I expected to come back in the fall and feel very similar as going to college because I know this place so well and it's so Mm -hmm. tiny and everyone knows everyone but it was Mm -hmm. so bizarre coming back and like almost Mm -hmm. everyone I knew had graduated yeah and other than the people I live with I couldn't see anyone except for social distance and that was a much harder shift also than I expected because I was like oh it's Oberlin and I don't think I mentally prepared myself for the fact that my whole network and community of people even the people who were here last spring after almost everyone else had left were just gone and that was really extremely weird but also provided Mm -hmm. this opportunity to also meet new people and yeah um yeah I feel like my Oberlin community here isn't completely new but it's definitely shifted and that was Mm -hmm. a really hard experience at first and now I'm really grateful that I've like gotten to meet so many Mm -hmm. cool new people here who I would have never known if I didn't stay the extra year you also mentioned it's totally fine if you don't want to talk about this but you did bring up Bumble um, and I know that you have had some dating app experience during the pandemic so Mm -hmm. You can go into as, as many or as <laughs> details as you want, but I, I'm curious if you have any like takeaways or yeah. um, lessons or just interesting stories or things you've learned from using dating apps during COVID, whether it's for friends or for not friends.
2: <laughs> That's a great term for that. Um, I would say, I don't know. It's been nice. Um, I think at the beginning, I was much more interested in being on dating apps. And since then, it's kind of petered off for me. Um, It's definitely really difficult to, like, connect with people. And there's always this level of anxiety of, like, is this person telling me the truth about being COVID safe? Like, what if they're just lying to, like, hang out, you know? Um, So you have to be able to, like, trust the other person, which is scary. But even to just scroll I'll be like on the dating apps and (laughs) I'll just like people watch like I'll just go I'll just go through every profile think about what this person is like and really try to concoct a picture and then I'll like move on and look at the next person I'll just do that for like a little while and it's kind of like a nice way to like I don't know feel connected in some way yeah I love
1: the idea of calling that people watching because that's totally what it is and yeah I think that's one of the things I do miss most about non-pandemic just yeah like not even meeting new people but people watching and just seeing just like observing yeah it's so fun and I didn't even think about that until you said that but that is totally something we've lost but you can kind of replicate it on you (laughs) you really can
2: you can it's kind of fun um especially just like seeing what people decide to promote about themselves. Um, Like what they find is important and what they want you to know. And it's like, why did you choose this? Like, what does this say about you? (laughs) Um, So yeah, I haven't really been using it as much for dating or for friendships. (laughs) That's an interesting idea.
1: And I do also think that something else you brought up earlier is that like, it does breed really interesting conversations about consent really early on because you have mm-hmm. to negotiate COVID yeah. safety guidelines with people. And like, mm-hmm. I think it, it tells you a lot about someone's communication style and, uh, yeah. patience and, oh yeah, you can learn a lot from the way that someone navigates, uh, mm-hmm. COVID conversations when you're trying to like, go on a social distance date or like figure out how you're going to meet up
2: also something that I've noticed recently um that I think is really funny is people will post pictures in their profile of them getting the actual vaccine yeah posting like documentation that they've been vaccinated and I find that really entertaining and it's like what you're saying like trying to prove you know that They are safe, but you can still hang out with them. The fact that they need that evidence, you know.
1: So crazy. Imagine trying to explain that a year ago. Oh
2: my God. Like the ways things change are so subtle and silly. And it's weird. Yeah. The things that you don't expect to change, change.
1: With that, this is sort of the last thing I had to ask you about, but that's a perfect transition. Um, So I don't know if you remember... But I think it was like March 12th. We (laughs) went on a walk together because you were moving out of O'Reilly. Yeah. So I helped you move a little bit. And then we went on this walk and we like went up to the top of, I don't even know, what is that thing called? The like
2: baseball lookout thing. Yeah. It's like next to the baseball. (laughs) I call it the thingy. Wow. It's like next to the baseball field, the observing deck. Yeah. So we
1: went up there and uh, we were just talking about how we felt about everything. And I recorded our conversation. I don't know if you remember that,
2: but I do remember that.
1: I was wondering if you want to listen to it together. And then I would, I would love to hear your thoughts on like listening to it and, and what you feel hearing our conversation from (laughs) that long, I guess, 11 months ago. Yeah.
2: Holy. Yeah. I'd love to hear it. Ready? Yes, I'm ready this is like high up here i know i'm kind of scared
3: we're fine it's really cold
2: yeah i mean yeah but i but we can handle the
3: cold yeah we're fine i feel
2: like i've gotten a lot better at handling it.
3: yeah from living here yeah oh geez (laughs) Yeah, my hands are really cold. <laughs> Ooh. Wait, let me take a picture <laughs> of you. That was a small step for me. <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm on my phone right now. I was worried about that too. Oh. <laughs> Trying to get all the last
2: men's <sighs> bucket <sighs> list items.
3: Seriously, our senior bucket list.
2: I was so excited for
3: so many things. I know. I really, I like had a full freak out this morning to Della because I was like realizing the the reality of like, not just like, I feel like I realized all the things are losing, but then I put it all together and I went to her this morning and I was like, I have nothing to look forward to. Yeah. I don't know what Mm. my... Like, I don't know what we're doing next. Yeah. I don't have a job yet. Yeah, me neither. Like, who's going to
2: hire me now? Like... I know.
3: And that really, really freaked me out where I was like, it's not only, yeah, we lost all these individual things, but also... Yeah. Yeah. Collectively, there's... My life is cleared for the next six months except for doing online classes. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Which is really scary and weird. And like... (laughs) Just the fact that like we're not really going to be Oberlin students anymore. I know. Like, our college
3: career is like... I know. Not to bum you out, but just to like process it. No, I know.
2: Like, our college career literally, it's like, this is it. This is the culmination. And it's really scary. I don't know. There are so many good memories here, though. I wish we
3: had longer. I know. That's the thing, though, that I think it was also making me realize is that I don't have a lot of regrets for my yeah. time here. Yeah. And everything that happened, not everything, but the experience as a whole, even mm-hmm. without the last two months that are supposed to be the best part, yeah. has been, like, so incredible. Yeah, it's
2: it's been fun, <coughs> and, like, I feel like every year was better than the last, and I don't know, there are so many weird things here. Yeah. Like, that like that attic that I was showing you. I think that's the thing that I'm going to miss the most is just, like, the chaos of Oberlin. And, like, all of the weird fun events and, like, the weird vibe. I don't know. Like, there isn't <laughs> really
3: anything that matches. Just, I don't know. Well, that's what's so hard. And I feel like people at other schools don't get it as mm-hmm. much just because... This community is so unique, yeah. and people are so accepting and so yeah. caring and so passionate. And mm-hmm. there's nowhere in the world that's like yeah. it is here. Yeah, and that's such a hard thing to lose.
2: <laughs> I agree.
3: Because I also was really, really banking on the fact that I would have that mm-hmm. for another few months. Yeah,
2: and like be able to really indulge in it. Yeah. Because I was gonna, I front loaded my semester. So yeah, I was me too. On like having fun and. I know. <laughs> sad. Life lessons, I oh my god gotta just live in the moment
3: yeah it's hard though yeah it really is
2: really is
3: yeah like my Monday (laughs) before all this happened was so perfect really because I had an English class and then a class in Spanish and then I taught a workshop in my CWA class Mm -hmm. and like taught an hour and a half long class and then went to a swim meeting and then I had the radio show that night and I interviewed a congressional candidate yeah and I remember like walking out of the WOC station Mm -hmm. being like Wow, like I'm so happy here, yeah. and I, I'm so grateful to have a place where I can do all those things, yeah. where I can speak English and Spanish and be an athlete yeah. and have a radio show yeah. and teach a workshop yeah. all in a single day. I know. That's so incredible, Sarah, but it, it's gone.
2: But that's where, that's where the next step comes in is that you have to carve that space for yourself out now. Yeah, you know. Overland just helps you find out what space you
3: like. Yeah, that's very true.
2: So I don't know. I wonder where we'll carve it out
3: do you have any idea where you're gonna go no
2: I really don't I don't either I mean I'll be here for the summer
3: oh yeah yeah I keep it. forgetting that so if you ever have <laughs> I know <laughs> um, I would love to or I mean longer, I have no idea as long idea. as you want like, I have no <laughs> idea what I'm doing but. I know. yeah
2: yeah I like I don't know I'm worried my dad is gonna want me to be here for the semester though
3: be at home yeah
2: Just because not really so much that he worried about the virus and more that he just misses me and was excited to have me home. Maybe I should stay for a little longer. I don't know.
3: Everything's up in the air. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Okay. (laughs) Oh, my gosh.
2: Well, first of all, cringe. (laughs) But also not cringe. Oh my goodness. It's interesting to hear us talk about the things we want and things that we're so sure of and uh, you know, they don't end up going the way that we think that they do and I don't know. It's really crazy to hear us reflect.
1: <laughs> yeah. I think we sound so young, which is weird. Yes. Because it, it was less than a year ago, but I do yeah. think so much has changed this year that mm-hmm. I do feel much older than I felt than I remember feeling in that time um and I also it makes me wonder what listening back to this conversation in a year is going to be like
2: oh my gosh but
1: but I do think that yeah it's just weird to hear us try to figure out the scale of what's going on I think that's what I notice the most because it's yeah like I clearly am so upset about like college ending and yeah it's it's on such a personal level at that point and like mm-hmm. it's like a personal crisis and I think I just had yeah. absolutely no perception of how yeah. big it was at that point and
2: yeah there was like definitely
1: I feel like there's a delay between oh this is really affecting our lives and our trajectory and then it took a couple of weeks even to be like oh my god like the entire world is changed forever and
2: yeah it's weird
1: to hear us or at least myself before I realized that
2: and especially because I think what I think was partially one of the most difficult things about that time was that at least I had no idea that the school was gonna like kick us out until the day it happened like it was so sudden and it felt completely out of left field there had been like maybe some like inklings of like, oh, like COVID might be in Ohio, but we're not really sure. And then it was suddenly just like, no, you're gone. Shut down. And being reminded of that, hearing that again, I'm just like, wow. I like I remember being so scared because it was like, I remember I was um like tutoring at this after school program. Um And it was like the end of the day. And someone was like, yeah, in an hour, they're going to decide if we're going to be here or not. And I remember like panicking and being like, what? Like, please don't let them kick us off. And then that was, that was it. And yeah, it is so strange too, because I feel
1: like at that point that felt so huge because it was, Mm -hmm. it was unlike anything we'd ever experienced to have a change happen that quickly. And then I think that's something that I feel like I've gotten more used to this year. And I don't know if you feel that way too, where I am like a deeply sentimental person. I will cry at everything. I'm very nostalgic. (laughs) Um, But I think this year has really taught me to let things go in a way that I didn't have before. Between the time we recorded that conversation and now, I feel like my ability to like shift into new realities and like take in the facts and be like, okay, here is how I need to react and not get Mm -hmm. so like caught up in all of it has definitely improved, um, yeah. which I think is a good skill moving forward. But it's also, it's kind of a bummer.
2: Yeah, and I think something that we touched on in the video that I think is something that I've really learned since then um, was how we talked about like living in the moment and really soaking things up while you can, which I think that moment when we were talking about that, I think that's when I actually really was like, okay, I'm going to make that change in my life and start to like live things in the moment as much as I can. And as much as like, I'm able to with COVID and everything. And I think it's partially why I started really trying to do all these like arts and crafts and like fun things. Cause I think normally in the past, like in my downtime, I just like watch TV. And even now, as I'm like considering my next steps, I want to do what makes me happy. I don't want to think about like, like financial stuff as much if I can I don't want to think about like future goals I just want to think about like what is something that I've been dying to do and I just want to do it I don't want to worry about like societal pressure like you know and I think that has been a good lesson for me through this pandemic
1: yeah totally I think it forced us to make risky decisions because Mm -hmm. it was your only choice or maybe not even risky but like Make conventional yeah that's the perfect way to put it yeah like Mm -hmm. it forced us to make less conventional decisions and I think that that's actually like a cool skill to have but yeah yeah. do you have an answer what 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 would you do right now if you could
2: well I'm actually giving myself six weeks more of this job that I'm doing and then I want to and in those six weeks, I'm I'm planning on getting a car. And then I might, I, I think I'm gonna just go woof somewhere or go road trip um, and just get out and go see the world because I've been feeling stir crazy and I just I need to live. And the only way I can really do that right now is like in a car because it's like COVID safe. I don't have to interact with anyone. So that's actually my answer is I'm just trying to like get out. <laughs> I'm giving myself this time frame, so. I'm so excited yeah. to hear how it goes. So, yeah, we'll see how long I can, I can make it. On my own. <laughs> but that's cool, too, that,
1: yeah, there is no time frame.
2: Exactly. Like, I can do it for however long, come back, move around. You know, there's no pressure. There's no one way to live your life.
0: If there's anything this year has taught me, it's this. That you cannot possibly predict the remarkable, implausible ways time will pull apart and reconnect all the tiny threads that make up a life. You might wake up one morning to find that a microscopic virus that the day before was only a distant idea has upended every routine you've ever known. But other times, the person who was once a teammate you barely talked to will send you a handwritten letter and a homemade bracelet of tiny blue beads in the mail, and it will feel an awful lot like hope.